You are listening to Arta Show, Stories Behind Art, a podcast that inspires creatives to pursue their passions and boost their creative thinking. My name is Natalia Motta and I've been catching up with some of the most successful artists in Asia to talk about their ideas, processes, tools and lessons learned. Hello everyone! Welcome to Arta Podcast, Stories Behind Art. In this episode, we are going to explore how to make a modern neon in the traditional way of the old Hong Kong master. For decades, Hong Kong streets were full of glowing neon lights, giving the city a futuristic aesthetic. During the gold age of neon, many local and international artists took inspiration from the chaotic, dense and dark streets of Hong Kong, which translated to many films inspired by this style, such as Blade Runner 2046 and Ghost in the Shell. Unfortunately, neon lights have slowly disappeared from the streets as cheaper and more energy-efficient LED lights emerge. Hong Kong has been enforcing a new law where old neons that don't meet the latest safety guidelines are forced to be dismantled and those vanish from the streets. But there's a new generation of artists and designers who want to keep the classic craft alive by giving it modern meaning. My guest today is one of them. She's a student of Mr. Wong, who for more than five decades produced thousands of neons glowing around the city. My guest is creator of CK Low, most known for fantastic light installations and art exhibitions such as My Light, My Hood, which combine a group of contemporary artists with traditional crafts and show the artworks in a new, modern way. Finally, her next big project is coming very soon, a large neon installation for one of the biggest music festivals in Asia, Wonderfruit Festival 2019. It is my pleasure to welcome Karen Chan, who will walk us through not only how to make neon in traditional way, but also tell us how it is to work alongside one of the oldest master of this craft in Hong Kong. Hope you will enjoy this episode. Let me know what do you think about it and please subscribe to Arta on your favorite streaming platform if you want to hear more of this kind of content. And now, enjoy the episode. Karen, welcome to the show. Yes. Uh, it's such a pleasure to have you uh, with Arta audience and I am so happy to ask finally about Neons because this is on my mind for such a long time and, and you have such a privilege of learning from Hong Kong master, this very unique craft, very old craft. So I'm looking forward to ask you so many questions today. Um, and But first of all, I wanted to start from uh, from your introduction, I know that you are working as an art director at uh, CK Law. Uh, could you tell us a bit more about the organization and what you do there? Um, yeah, so CK Law is an art design studio where we 
support and involve a lot of local artists and designers in our projects. Um, and on the side, we would um, explore and experiment on different technology uh, mm -hmm. in uh, to provide alternative solutions for our client. So um, some of the works that we do um, involved a lot of like light or neon light installations or even like neon light inspired. And um, on the side, we are very much focusing on fostering local craft. That's why every year we would launch some non-profit art programs that are actually a combination of local craft and um, contemporary artists. Um, Oh, it's such a <laughs> it's such a great mission to mix it together. So the the contemporary artists with the old crafts. So who have you promoted so far? Um. So uh, we have been working with a lot of artists. Or maybe I can do a very brief introduction on why do I set up the studio, or even mm -hmm. um why do we have programs like this? Um, is that my background was actually set design for station screen. So I'm always very much um, amazed by how a space can emit a certain atmosphere to catch your eyeballs. And unfortunately, after I graduate, I didn't work in the theater scene in Hong Kong, but then um, I was working as a visual merchandiser for a luxury brand, mm -hmm. where it's actually very similar to theaters, where within a short window front, you have to catch eyeballs of the client or customers who just walk past, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I realized that I really wanted to get into something really artistic. And I was working with a contemporary um, emerging British artist called uh, Han. Henry Hudson and as his assistant. And that's when I wanted to promote art and craft um, to younger generations or like even to spread more knowledge to them through art and craft. Um, and so I went on to do a master degree of design and technology focusing on museum and exhibition design because I realized that through museums and exhibitions, that's when you can spread message um, to wider um, demographic mm -hmm, and even mm -hmm. especially to younger generations. So, um, and then I came back to Hong Kong and worked in a gallery. Um, and that's when I am more in touch with the art scene in Hong Kong. And based on my background in design and art, I have a lot of like talented artist friends or designer friends. But unfortunately, like um, in the market of Hong Kong, it's very hard for them to even to have their work being exposed. Like they might have mm. um, a lot of followers on social media, um, but that's um it's very hard for them to arrange an exhibition themselves let alone to have a gallery representing them so this is also why i founded the studio um to actually to try and help local talents or like international talents that are based in hong kong for them to have an a commercial exposure and um as well as that is my personal belief that i think a lot of our um local craftsmanships or any other um, local cultural heritage should be cherished or passed on and preserved. That's why we launched a lot of non-profit art program that is a combination of local craft and young artists and see what kind of chemistry we can bring out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. Yeah, It's such a beautiful mission. And uh, as Arta, I also had kind of the same thought as you, that there is a lot of artists who are fortunately they don't uh, get the exhibition and and showcase their work not only online but 
physical location. And and it's it's such a so great to see the exhibition, which we'll talk about as well in in just a moment. Um, so how long ago did you start um, the studio? Uh, the studio. We have actually started the studio for around one year and a half now, uh, but we have been doing these kind of non-profit program uh, for two to three years already. Mm -hmm. The first one actually um, was um, co-organized by me and a lawyer friend of mine, and we did um, an exhibition on Temple Street, like a right on Temple Street in front of a shop front of a clay rice, uh, clay pot rice restaurant. Mm -hmm. And um, the idea is also to bring in a lot of different artists from different cultural backgrounds and ask them to do a work about clay pot rice. Mm -hmm. It was quite interesting as it was the first one we tried to do. And uh, we it was supposed to be a private event where we also have clay pot painting workshops. And for people to understand the difference um, about ceramic paintings and acrylic paintings. And, um, and also we have actually had a lot of um, street visitors like actually are interested in our works because we were really like putting all the works on the street. And then, um, and after that, we did another exhibition at Taipan Roll, a bespoke tailor shop about um, androgynous. Um, uh, so it's a body related art exhibition. So you and then um, last year, like last December, we did um, the neon light exhibition at Kong, mm -hmm. um, a former car park place in Hong Kong. And so you can actually see we are trying to also pick locations that are not standard white walls, mm -hmm. because what we believe is that I should be anywhere for anyone. So, yeah, we should be able to like appreciate them anywhere yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's such a great idea and uh, i i had the pleasure to to visit the last exhibition uh, my light my hood uh which was focused about neons and uh from actually from there i discover how much i i just love the concept of neon in art so talking about this could you tell us about the, the exhibition um who, who did you uh invite to participate in it yeah, so um, the idea of My Light, My Hood is actually based on neighborhoods of Hong Kong. We chose um, the former car park because um, a car park or a car garage to us is like a place for a car to take rest so that they can take us to better journeys. Similar to Hong Kong as our home where we're all met, where talents are being nurtured, um, where ideas are being taken shape. So it's a place where it take us onto a better life journey. So... Um, from this exhibition, I've invited six different artists. We have four local artists and two international artists to work on um, works that represent or impress them the most. So it's about the neighborhood that they feel most about. And they will use their original artistic approach to create the work. And on top of that, we'll use neon as an accent to represent um, the cultural heritage of Hong Kong and also as a giving new uh, the neons a new meaning and a new purpose as an artistic medium. So um, it's very interesting because uh, ranged from, we have a uh, kick decorative artist. We have uh, Felix, who is a um, caricature illustrator. Yeah, I just yeah. love that one, yeah. Yes, and then we have an artist duo who is um, an installation artist duo. And then we have, um, we also have another installation and sculpture artist, Dan. 
and Fred, who is a visual um, artist as well. So we draw a lot of a very wide range and diversity of artists from different backgrounds to to put the show on. And um, it's very interesting because like uh, based on different background or based on the different medium each artist use, they actually interpret their neighborhood or neon in a very special way. So um, I can even talk about like the work from Felix. Mm -hmm. um, his work is about um, the Chinese dancing unicorn. Mm -hmm. So um, because of his uh, family background, he needs to go to the Chinese temple for every like different festivals. And for him, this is what represent um, his childhood memory back in where he's born, right? And um, so he did um, the first drawing that is not about any human or not any portrait, but like actually a performing artist and um, how the original work is also seen as, uh, you see the neon mm -hmm, here, mm -hmm. is actually flickering um, according to the rhythm of the Chinese unicorn performance. Amazing. We are family. What what does exactly mean? Like this is uh, what is the reason on on the painting to to put it on? So like um, if you can see from his work, like there's a lot of like banners uh -huh. where uh, a lot of traditional Chinese temples would have, or like any traditional ancestral hall. So because Felix is actually from the Chan clan, Chan family, mm -hmm. he has already had the. Chan banner here mm -hmm. and because this is his like ancestral hall so that's why he put on a very modern touch of we are family mm -hmm. and actually uh, even from the unicorn head that you can see like he even um if you can read chinese mm -hmm. it actually has his like chinese surname mm -hmm. chan there and uh -huh. also like with the english oh, to yeah, implicate yeah, yeah, yeah. that this is that. um representing like a festival holding his like um mm -hmm ancestral hall mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. and it has been quite an interesting journey because um the master that we work with is actually the last neon light uh, master who can repair neon light in hong kong and for him um all his life he's been doing like perfect like very well done super good quality commercial neon street signs and um when we're asking him to collaborate with us to work on the neon signs, he doesn't understand what we are doing because imagine like even for Felix's work, you can see the neon is actually sticking out uh, as a tail of the Chinese unicorn. Mm -hmm. But um, for the master, usually for all the works he does, if you, after the day, you can also look closely to the commercial street signs. They always have a frame, a metal frame that is around them to protect them. So for him, when I told him that like, oh, you can just, can you just help us make a neon and then we'll assemble it ourselves without any metal plate <laughs> around it. He was so scared. He was like, oh, are you sure you can handle it? Um, really? You're just drilling it on the wall? Like he's very worried. But then um, after um, even like one of the piece, um, uh, it's actually a piece about Typhoon Mankut and the artist is trying to do the flickering effect Mm -hmm. um as well but for him as a perfect neon light um sign master like he would say that uh if a neon would flicker it means that it's not first it's not well done second it means that it's broken and so he refused to do it <laughs> in the beginning he just doesn't um he doesn't want to have his work 
being seen like as imperfect yeah, yeah, to be yeah, launched. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we found out different ways to actually <laughs> um, make the flickering um, effect without affecting the work. So he was happy at the end. And also we explained to him that um, that is exactly what the artists want to portray. Like um, the, flick the flickering of the, or the unstable stage of the neon shows um, Typhoon Mancus has broken a lot of our nature and also like even for neon signs. So it's just a visual representation mm. of the the effect yeah, from the typhoon yeah, 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 yeah. and then um since we did not um break his neon and uh, <laughs> we're just trying to and we keep on explaining to him it's just a visual effect mm -hmm. he accepted it and also like when he see the work he's like he's actually quite impressed on how like neon signs could be seen as art as well yeah and how yeah, they yeah, actually yeah, yeah. turn out to be just drilled on the wall to be installed or yeah, like yeah. um how many years he's doing it yeah he's been doing it for more than 60 years yeah so yeah i guess the it, it's hard to transition to the different purpose of, of neon which yes. is also art um, and actually talking about purpose of preserving the craft preserve the 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 unique craft and the traditional um technique um why do you think it's worth to uh, to stick to, to this technique, to use the glass. And it's extremely hard. And we'll just maybe talk about this a little bit later on about how, how to make the neon and, and talk about the process. But um, so you, you, have, you have the glass neon and you also can use uh, a new techniques, which is uh, based on plastic, right? So, yeah. um, so why, why glass is so special? Uh, for me, first, um, the neon glass is the traditional way to do neon signs. <laughs> and then um, also in our exhibitions, um, we had a lot of um, different decorative elements that we actually used the LED strips, mm -hmm. which is the LED neon signs um, that you can see nowadays. And for me, they emit just different levels of light or even the artistic effect that they image is so different because like if you even look at the traditional neon i can look at it all day without without being hurt like without my eyes being um feeling unpleasant yeah, yeah. and for the led neons like uh, for our exhibition we actually uh, wrap it up with the led strips and to be honest it's very sharpening like it looks very nice on pictures but if you look at it more than five seconds you will already be mm. dizzy a little yeah. bit yeah and so like it was very interesting back at the exhibition when we compare traditional glass neon with the led mm -hmm. neons and i think there's also more uh artisanal craftsmanship involved in making a traditional glass neon this is why i think it's very important for us to preserve it um, because of the years of experience that actually needed to master this skill mm -hmm. um, and it is involving fire and the yeah the knowledge of fire and the knowledge of even um, how to use gas how to use air to blow it out is an orchestra of skills that needed to produce one work and mm -hmm. I'm not saying there's no um, skills needed for LED neons but there's just less artisanal skills that needed yeah 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's very special, I guess. And um, I think what I treasure a lot is also how it's kind of an intangible cultural heritage of Hong Kong as a neon street science. Because like um, 
Hong Kong has been seen as the inspiration of a lot of sci-fi movies. We there are a lot of artworks or movies or even video games that are based on Hong Kong and how people are seeing it as a futuristic city. And um, the reason why is also we back in the fifties and sixties we have a lot of neon sign masters who are actually doing a lot of neon signs in Hong Kong and actually light up our city. And this is how our um, Hong Kong is also being named of the Pearl of the Orient based on the lights that we have in every tower, right? Or even yeah. on every street. Yeah. So I think it's very important for us to keep this um, visual language within our city. Absolutely, absolutely. And as you said, there is no many of uh, people masters who are still alive and who are still doing the craft do you know how many uh, people are actually doing the old technique way uh, in hong kong still yes i know that there are still a few masters in the city doing it and like you're saying yes there i think there should be less than 10. and the reason is also um very similar to other fading craft that we met in hong kong is that the demand is not high so the masters, they cannot, like a lot of them cannot use um, neon making as their career anymore. They might have to have a day job or they're doing it as a part-time. We're very lucky to have the master Wong that we worked with. Like he actually has his own studio, so he can actually do it whenever he wants. But from what I heard, some of the neon masters, they have to... Um, a few of them have to rent one studio and then they will just have to schedule it amongst themselves. Mm. So it's, that's why maybe the cost for making neons is also higher now because of the other aspects. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's extremely important uh, to, and my next question would be uh, related to it, to have the new generation following the path and, and learn from, from the new master, from the old masters uh, and, and kind of incorporate the new style in the old technique. And talking about this, when did you decide to, to pursue uh, neon making and when did you start to, to be interested in, in this form of art? Actually, um, after the exhibition, My Light, My Hood, after our like intensive, like, conversations with the master like it is it definitely has like raised my interest in neon making and we also had some um small workshops between the artists and sifu back then and that is when i realized it's such a hot craft to master and but at the same time it's very similar to chinese calligraphy which i personally practice as well because like um in chinese calligraphy it's more about the emotion how you express um maybe a poem or a situation in one go and usually it's the expressionism that is highly valued yet maybe sometimes you write something wrong in your closet out mm -hmm. and actually it's very similar to neon making it is um you have to plan it well and if you don't uh if you when you're bending the neon if you did something wrong and that's it but then sometimes it's also the beauty of it because I'm a very experimental person in terms of exploring mediums. I just fell in love with it on how I can try to be experimental, but at the same time be able to produce the shape that I want. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, and you can do something completely new and uh, not constrained to the metal frame as 
us in the old days as well. So, um, so talking about the transition for 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 the craft itself from from the old style of being only used for um, outdoor advertising to uh, having the different purposes, can you and and also styles? Could you tell us a bit more about the new styles uh, which you can see and what neon is used for right now? Yeah, I've seen a lot of um, artists that are trying to use neons in their work as well. Some of them are, I recognize some of them are using um, it as like a neon sign, like in the way, in the traditional way of making neon and then try to make them like an art installation. There are also some artists who are using neon as a touch, like uh, what we did for the exhibition My Life, My Hood. Like sometimes they might have... Um, a little abstract line to add to the painting. So I'm seeing that people are trying to transform neon into an artistic way. And for us, like I think for the artists, neon is also just one of the other mediums. So I'm glad to see that it can have another way of um, purpose or like survival meaning for neon itself rather than just using it as a commercial sign, mm -hmm. which we all know that um, it's gonna be less and less. Do you see uh, any other purposes or features which can be used uh, in our modern time? I think um, some, like in an artistic means, um, we are also trying to promote it through different festivals. And this is what our studio is doing in um, the upcoming Wonder Fruit Festival. What we're trying to do is, um, it's actually a piece um, a neon art and bamboo installation about global air quality and how we are um, um, trying to promote neon is that we will combine the old broken neon that are left on the street because of the government regulations that a lot of the sites have to be taken down. So we take these broken neons or unwanted neons and try to give them a new shape, a new um, abstract shape for our piece. And now. The question is, like you're doing so well, uh, now you have this big project uh, going on. What in 2020, what do you are planning to do in 2020? Yeah, in 2020, we have, we're launching another nonprofit art program that is collaborating with Birdcage Making Craft and also Mahjong Tao Carving. So um, it's actually in line with the mission and belief we have with the Neon Light uh, exhibition, My Light, My Hood. Um, from that, actually, what I realized is that um, a lot of craft are failing because of the, there is less demand. And sometimes it might be the government regulations, or sometimes it's just that our modern behavior uh, has changed already, that we do not need these products made by a certain crafts or even the services that they provide. So um, let's say uh, the birdcage making is... Uh, we, back in the days, we had bird flu, and that's when the government, Hong Kong government have actually launched that. Uh, they do not suggest people or they do not encourage people to have birds yeah. as pets anymore. And um, also, you see a lot of youngsters, they're actually walking dogs on the street these days. So they probably have dogs and cats as their pets. So bird cage or even the hobby of having birds as pets was something um, that like... Uh, the generations before thought of as a representation of social status 
also when they go to Yamcha and the Chinese restaurant, they will bring the bus and then like they will talk to them and then show around to their friends. They will exchange knowledge about how they're raising their birds, just like how we're doing with uh, when we are walking our dogs and you meet another dog owner and then you have conversations. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's this kind of behavior that we have changed that might have um, made these crafts dying. So we're trying to see if we can, again, combine contemporary art to give them a new meaning. And we're, we are launching an artist in residence program now where the masters and the artists, they will have intensive like learning sessions where um, a lot of intangible conversations were created. And uh, we totally value like particularly this part because um, a lot of products can be industrialized at the end of the day, but it's all these like in intangible like facts and knowledge from these craft masters mm -hmm. that that needs to be passed on to yes. younger generations. Yes, absolutely. And so this is what we aim to. And through the conversations with the master, the artists, they will create artworks that are also in their own, with their own means of like artistic approach, but to also incorporate maybe part of the um, craftsmanship or even like a little bit of the knowledge of the craft itself to their work. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, oh, it's such a great idea. Yes, and this, and then um, for the works to be made, uh, they will be displayed on a tram, a public moving tram, next year and from March to April during the Art Basel mm -hmm. Light Week. Yeah, I cannot wait to see that and, and go on board uh, of, of the tram. I think it's the first ever initiative like that in yeah. Hong Kong, so it, it would be great to see it. Is there anything else which you would like to share with us before we we'll go on to the second part interview where, um, where we focus more about the process of making neon and just go a bit step by step um, for someone who is interested why it's so hard and why it's not many people who can actually do a, a neon with glass um is there anything else which you would like to add no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i wasn't thinking <laughs> Karen, welcome to the second part of the interview. So good to be here. We are not actually in the studio of the old master, yet we have a recording made by Fred, who um, who recorded the Shifu making neons as well. You, Karen. Yeah. Um, so if you can walk us through the process, um, what we can see in the video. Yes. So this is Master Wong, the um, um, neon light master that I um, mentioned earlier. And um, he's actually making fresh piece. So you can see we have some drafts on the, uh, for him to trace. And um, actually, and then these are like different sizes of neon. And the tricky part of it is um, that uh, when we are giving Sifu the draft, he is. Um, he has his very own traditional way to draw it, and all the neons um, draft that we gave him have to be the exact same with the exact same width as the neon he's gonna make. So as a modern artist, we use AI to do the drawings, and then we just print it out for him. Else, um, I actually can also show you a hand drawn draft yes, that please. he usually has mm -hmm. later, and then you will see the difference. Mm -hmm. And so. The Sifu now is actually trying to vacuum the neon now so that it could it will um have all the uh, it purifies it before 
he actually put on the neon gas, and that's how you see it turn into from green to red. Oh, as well. Oh, could you actually tell me how you are making the different colors of it? One more yeah, time? yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. sure. So there are two types of neon gas. Uh, one is neon gas, which is more orangey or uh, reddish, and the other one is uh, argon gas, where there's uh, where they're used to make like maybe white, blue, purple, neon. That are more in the bluish mm. tone yeah, yeah so these are the two gas that we use and then um, as well as the tubes they will have some different powder along it this is how it in, it can change the color as well mm -hmm. not the changing color but how it defines the color of each neon tubes mm. yes and so these are um, some also some images of um, the workshops we did at for my light my hood with uh, Fred and another artist um, sweet spot cake <laughs> she's a cake decorator and she made a piece of work um, oh, wow. out of clay and watercolor and it was her first time I'm so proud of her <laughs> yeah, I'm very proud of a lot of the artists that actually got out of their comfort zone for that um, exhibition wow. and um, I can explain how the traditional commercial signs are made so first um, we make a draft and this is actually a piece from the installation artist duo Rehyphenate for their work, uh, book swapping. And they made a draft in different colors on how they want the work to make. You see there's like green, orange, um, blue. And then afterwards, we have to um, work on, um, like I was saying earlier, like uh, the exact width of the work on, on AI. We're trying to draw the lines like in um, 12 millimeters or 10 millimeters. And so this is how you see we trace it. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, we will flip it backward so that when we are doing it for the commercial street signs, um, the front side would always be flat. Mm -hmm. And then the making. Yay. Yay. So that's the fun part, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, like we use a different way to do it because it's for an artistic artwork and I like to explore things in three dimensions. That's why I try to respect the traditional making method, but still experimenting like some, some part of like how the relationship with fire and glass myself to try to do something that's more 3D. Like I actually enjoy it a lot. And um, you can see I was trying to um, part of a very important part of neon making is also how to join two neon glass tube because like each of them is around like this size, which is around maybe one meters 30, something like that. And um, imagine if you have to make a, like a large scale of work, you probably need to join like two or three neon tubes. And so the joining part is actually quite important. Mm -hmm. It's like a basic step as well, which I'm trying to master these days as well. And so this is me trying to like connect the old mm -hmm. neon with the new one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then... Um, you look so yeah. focused here. Yes, it needs definitely high concentration, especially for beginners like me. So um, there are so many times, um, and also when you're playing with fire, it's really playing with fire. You have to be so patient with all the angles that you need to have um, the whole glass tubes to be um, heated 360 degree. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if you are impatient enough or you just got distracted, you will bend it and break the glass very easily. 
And also, we also have a tool here, mm -hmm. um, which um, you have to put a stopper on one end, and then the other end you is actually um, like a breathing, a blowing tool. Mm -hmm. So the reason to have that usually, I will when I'm making it, it will be like this at the back so that it doesn't mm -hmm. disrupt me. And then when I'm doing it. I just slowly load the air in because it has a stopper, uh -huh. so air can definitely go in and just like, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. that, gently. Uh -huh. And um, the reason for this is because imagine when you're bending a glass like this, like this is a good example as well. Mm -hmm. Like you can see it got thinner. Mm -hmm. So um, in order for the glass not to break while you're bending it, you have to blow some air in so that it can have a perfect curve with the same diameter inside. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's must be really, really hard to get enough, yes. but not too much. And then as you yes, mentioned, I bring enough so force, many. but not too far. <laughs> yes. yes, it's like the balance between everything. And yeah. because fire is something that is a total like new medium for me so i need to take time to master it as well to know when it's gentle or not like yeah. even for the machine that i'm using like this um the gas the amount of gas and the air is very important as well mm -hmm. so if it changed a little bit it it would just um adjust the the whole experience would be so different yeah yeah, 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 yeah. that's quite interesting let me see if that's uh, yeah and then this is when um i'm discussing with the master about a piece that i made which is the new neon for a uh, wonderful and how i want the old neon to actually uh, connect with it so that it has a new form of shape although it's a very abstract lines mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that's when he like he's like oh you're messing around again <laughs> <laughs> like ah yeah, why are you doing this? Hey, don't do it. I can do it for you. And I'm like, no, you, but I want to. You can try. see on this picture, it's like, oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, like actually, it. actually, I see a, a bit of smile. So I think you, did, <laughs> you are, you are doing some good job uh, here. Yeah, he said he's quite surprised on what I've achieved. Actually, <laughs> he also knows that. Like he was like. Ah, yeah, you have to take like a year to practice it, like that, that. But hey, okay, la. At least some of them are flat because <laughs> for him, the flatness is very important mm -hmm. for them to be stable, which I understand as well. But um, I also explained to him it's an art project, so like, and especially for me, I'm more like a set designer, someone with three D. I really like three dimensional work myself. Yeah. That I think um, we were also thinking of just hanging the work. Um, in Wonderfruit, like just have a lot of pieces hanging like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so it'd yeah, be yeah. quite interesting. So yeah, we'll yeah. see how it goes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can show you. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, is it, uh, so after you do that, then uh, then you are putting the gas on or yeah. what is, so what is the next step? Yeah, so um, what we are doing here is we have uh, yeah, fuses. Uh, yeah, so this part where you see it has the fuse, like mm -hmm. it's done by Sifu. Mm -hmm. So um, the process was that, like, imagine after I give him one piece like this, mm -hmm. he will then um, vacuum it mm -hmm. um, and burn the whole tube so that it's all purified inside. And then mm -hmm. he will put the gas in afterwards. And that's when the neon could be lit. Uh. Yeah. 
and also yeah and also it would have to end so um this part will be um closed and then this would be where he's putting the gas in and after that he's um you can see in here that's when he cuts the um the open mm -hmm. cut and then amend it so that all the gas are trapped inside wow um how long the gas will remain um, and, mm. and give the same ah, okay. light so like um a very good piece should be able to last for like from 20 to 30 years wow yes it depends on the quality of the glass the glass that we're using are all like American gas tubes. Um, they're very strong. And also, um, yeah, and also the skills of the masters. Like for the for Master Wong, his work can last for a long time. For me, my work is kind of three-dimensional. It depends if you like if you break it halfway through or yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it depends yeah, 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 on yeah. that. Wow. Yeah. And also they are quite safe. For the neons that we're using, you can mm -hmm. actually touch them. Mm -hmm. So they are not, um, unlike commercial street signs that has super high voltage, ours is like lower. Mm -hmm. That's why it's um, better for domestic use or like for artworks. Mm. They won't be afraid that it will burn off your house one day. In case this kind of neon will break, um, is the gas dangerous or is it anything besides of the glass itself? Like um, Yeah, um, it will have very slight amount of mercury, but like it's not it's not dangerous as dangerous mm -hmm. because like imagine it has less mercury than a thermometer mm -hmm. so and then usually the mercury they will slip into your wall or something right yeah 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 yeah, yeah so yeah. i would say it's more about the glass that you have to be careful of mm -hmm. and the gas we use here is like the amount is so tiny that yeah, it's, it, it won't yeah. hurt oh, okay 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 and now you mentioned already in our interview that to that it's less and less masters and then it's also less demand because of uh, the government rules um, therefore neons is more and more expensive so how how much neon mm. could cost of course it depends on the the shape probably and the size but if you can tell us what is the current price in the in the market? Um, I would say for a work that's like maybe one one point two meters by one point two meters, if it's all made in neons, according to how many colors you need, according to how complicated it is, if mm -hmm. it's one very smooth curvy line, or if it's a lot of mm -hmm. like complicated joints like this, mm -hmm. this should be around. 10k Hong Kong but it I I know that a lot of the price is actually depending on how complicated it is especially if you're making words that very tiny it would need a lot of skills mm. so then it will add up to oh, the cost so smaller would be actually more expensive because yes. you need to bend it more I guess yes or... because of you okay for, for Shifu um, yeah. how long could could take to do this kind of piece from to from scratch to to you the think, ready neon. I think this one he could probably do it within one day. Oh wow! So yeah, because he's very he's very quick, like with the master that we work with. But it also depends on 
um, the mark, like how many work has to, does he have? Yeah, but yeah. as well as he that he doesn't take uh, commercial street signs anymore. So it's more like a hobby for him to mm-hmm. repair and to help out artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so Fantastic. like, that's why um, I don't know if, uh, but I think usually he should be able to work on it within one to two days. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. So he doesn't, there is no a need let's say for the glass to cool off etc you can work oh, with no. it yeah, you straight away yeah you can use it right away oh okay perfect. Yeah. so that's the good point that it's not a process which will take a, a week because yeah, yeah, you need yeah, to no, wait for something no to drying dry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's all done good 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 just like a personal question you as an artist uh are you planning to to actually pursue the path and and learn more and stick to to neon uh, in the future yes yes actually i'm also thinking of going into different neon studios around the world to to learn different skills and that's how i think i can learn from different masters or even to see if there's any potential to tweak some of the element in it and to make a to use it as a really as a new medium like out of the shape that we commonly know Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm very interested in um, visiting the studios in Japan or like the one in New York or like Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Even um, for the wonderful um, project, we are going to be in contact with the Thai Neon Studio as well. Because like for us, like, we contact them um, so that just in case of any neon break, we can have a studio to fix it. Oh, yeah, but at the same time, I'm also very interested to know if there are if they use a different method to make their neons. Uh-huh. Yeah, because even for me, like after spending time with Sifu, I can kind of distinguish neons that are made in Hong Kong and China. Oh. Sometimes mm-hmm. when I go to some shops, I look at the neon, I'll be asking, oh, where did you order it? And then they would say like, oh, from Taobao or like <laughs> or from a Chinese um, uh, neon maker. And then I'll be like, oh yeah, because this making method is so different to the ones in Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I like to also look at how, mm-hmm. if there's any cultural uh, difference in different neon makings yeah. around the world as well. I think that's quite interesting. Oh, and where's where's the biggest community kind of? It was supposed of... to be Hong Kong, but now um, Japan and US is definitely catching up. And you can see a lot of neon signs in Japan. Oh, and as well as they have a lot of different studios in the US where they promote it a lot as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why I still, yeah. I think it would be very interesting when I visit different neon studios. Yeah. And, um, you know, the special thing about craft is that even very similar to the My Like My Hood exhibition, the experience we had, like we had international artists like working with seafood, like Obviously, there's a language barrier because of like even for the age gap and the language gap. But because of the craft itself, it actually is very easy for people to connect through crafts and that we don't really need a lot of words to actually communicate. So I'm very much looking forward to when I go to the Thai Neon Studio and speak with the seafood, we just say like, oh, how is he bending it? What yeah. kind of method? Does he use different tools? Is this similar? Yeah. Can I actually find something similar? Yeah. Yeah. It's quite yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So the last question. Mm. I know that you are very busy with with the current project, so <laughs> we am not going to take too much of your time. But if you would have advice for people who would like to start, what what would you uh, suggest to 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 people like how to start new project? Um, let me think. For me to learn any craft, the tool is the most important thing. Um, based off my experience with neon making, um, birkage making, or even mahjong tile carving, the first step is always how to sharpen your tools. Because without the tools, you basically can't do anything. And um, it's also very important that you have, it would be very nice if you have a master to learn it from. Or even if you do not, you can also try another means. Just like me, I'll practice the craft myself. And then I will ask for advice every now and then, and then to actually get real feedback from the master himself. And then I think that's a very good process as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think to have a, the guidance and, and yeah. to see the real master, how he's doing it, it's so important as well. Um, thank you so much, Karen, for, for walk us through. Hi everyone! So I hope you enjoyed this episode How to make neon with Karen Yeah! Uh, our master, future master of neon So just, you know, check it out her work And if you want to know more about Karen Don't hesitate to reach to her um, The address of her Instagram and website are below And if you have any comments Don't hesitate to leave it below And like the video and subscribe to the channel If you would like to hear more Thank Yay. you! Bye! Bye.